I bet you feel like you want to get fully booked right away. You think that being busy and booked is the definition of success. And at the same time, I also know that you want to have a life outside of your business and you want to give your clients the best possible experience. Today's guest, Sarah Lewis, and I talk about slow growth, and we agree that it's really underrated and it just might be what you should aim for. You're listening to Sustainable Photography, a podcast all about business tips, inspiration, and confidence building. I'm Ingvild Kolnes, the host of this podcast, and after over a decade as a photographer, I now help talented photographers run sustainable businesses. And for full transparency, you should know that I'm a mentor with paid offers, and I will probably mention some of those in this episode. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to Sustainable Photography. How are you doing today? Good. I'm so glad to be here and to talk all about growth and my business. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. But I want to know more about you, who you are and how you ended up where you are now. Yeah. So I have a bit of a unique story with how I got started. Originally, I went to school for fashion design and my first job was at Spirit Halloween and Spencer's corporate office. I was designing Halloween costumes and festival wear, apparel, all kinds of fun stuff. So I did that for five years. But even though I had a creative job, I didn't feel like I was being very creative because it was very buyer run. So they told me what silhouettes to use, what colors to match back to, what graphics. So I didn't have too much where I could be very creative. And my friend was getting married. I was like, I need to make her something really special. We've been friends forever. So I pulled out my old paint sets that I had, hadn't used since college. And it was years later. And I ordered some pens off of Amazon. I'm like, I hope I don't waste these pens. And I've spent many more dollars than what I did on those pens since then on art supplies. But I posted on my Insta story, the finished painting. And I had a couple people say like, I'd buy that. I'm like, no way. So like that night I painted something else and I got the same responses. And it kind of just grew that week where I kept doing a couple more paintings and posted it. I told my boyfriend at the time, I was like, I'm going to create an Instagram account. And he's like, do you have enough work to fill that? I'm like, we'll find out. So I signed up for my first show and I had art prints originally, but my mom said that I was like, she probably has something that's a little bit cheaper. Like, so you have multiple price point options. So I went with cards and I originally was going to go with 20 because that's like what the pack came in. And she was like, uh, you should probably get 40. And now I buy them like a thousand at a time. So it's funny how things like really <laughs> progress. I started as Sarah Lewis Designs and then I rebranded a couple of years later, Slayton Brush Design Studio. And I've been doing shows and growing, but partway through that, my coworkers were getting married themselves and they asked if I could do wedding invitations. And I say yes to like everything. And I'm like, yeah, how hard can it be? Uh, it's a lot harder than I thought it could be, but I, that's the majority of my business right now. It's about 80% weddings. Oh, okay. Wow. 80% weddings. So you design invitations and paper suites and that kind of stuff mainly? Exactly. So I did, some people that I start with save the dates and go all the way through to invitations, day of items, like seating charts, welcome signs. Um, the most popular is to have me paint their pets and I have them on cocktail napkins and drink signs. So anything you can think of for that, dance floor wraps, all that. And then I'll do thank you cards as well. So some people, they find me later on. I just do day of items. Some people have me go from the very beginning. It kind of depends on when they find me. Cool. Okay. So you just kind of fell into it. Yeah, I was not expecting it at all. And it's funny. So like once, when you think about it, if one person in a friend group's getting married, most likely other people are getting married as well. So I haven't paid a dollar in advertising. It's been 100% word of mouth and Instagram. Wow. Okay. That's impressive. And 
even though you kind of fell into it, I'm sure there's been times where you've been really busy and other times where it's maybe been slower, but what do you consider being a sustainable business? So I think having multiple revenue streams is huge. So especially when COVID happened, obviously weddings went away. I still had products and people were still sending cards and hanging up art prints. Now they actually had time to decorate their homes. So having multiple streams really helped. I know some people do like digital downloads. You can sell presets, really what anything else um, that you can think of. But if that way, like for my artwork, during certain periods of the year, it's not that busy. So like January, most people are done with holidays. So they're not buying stuff, but people are gearing up for weddings of all those engagements that were over the holidays. So it works out with products where when things are slower with that, it's busier with weddings where December weddings aren't as popular for me, but it's huge for products. So like having things where it's kind of balances things out where I'm not like, I'm going to cry. I have so much work to do all the time or it's, I have nothing to do and I, I need someone to book me ASAP or I'm not going to buy food. So that's why I like, I like having a little bit of everything. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I've heard you speak before about slow growth. So can you say something about that? What you consider to be slow growth? Why it's a good thing? Yes, I know, especially with Instagram, everyone loves the instant gratification where it's like immediate response. And you see these people saying, oh, you can make $10,000 in 10 minutes doing this thing just by my course, like that kind of stuff where it's instant. And that may work for some people. That's awesome. I hope people have overnight success. But for the majority of people, that's not the case. And sometimes when you do grow too quickly, then you don't have your system set in place. You don't know how to handle it. Things fall through the cracks. I mean, people make mistakes normally, but you'll be making these big mistakes because you don't know how to handle all of that at once. So by having the slow growth, you can set up a CRM, I think is huge. I think every single person, if you do custom or work with clients, should have a management system to keep you in track with dates. And Mm -hmm. for me, like I send my proofs that way I have like a written thing where I can copy and paste like here are your changes that need to be made. All that, everything's very organized, contracts, invoices. So I think that setting up with that is huge as well. Highly recommend that. I don't know how anyone could run a business without a a really good CRM and really starting to start slow and build on and not start with a million products at once if you're designing products or taking on photography clients, like start with one, then you go to two, three more. And the better you do with your clients, they're going to tell everyone about you. Like word of mouth is huge. And you can't pay for that kind of advertising where if you have a friend who just got married and your other friend sees their photos, they're like, who's your photographer? I don't care how much it costs. I want the exact same result. And they'll book you without asking. It's a warm lead. It's so much easier to convert someone who's already seen your work. Most of my clients come from they either see it from their friends, like if they're at the bar and like, who did your drink sign? I want that of my pet. And I book it 99.9% of the time because they already saw it. Their friends vouch for my work and they're good. So I think that's slow growth of building a foundation. I charge a lot less than what I charge now. So sometimes you have to take one for the team just to get that experience and nail your process down. And you'll be way better in the long run than if you go viral on TikTok and book 87 people in a day and you don't know how to handle that. I agree. And I think it's so kind of against what most people think that they want. And when I started out, I didn't have CRM and it got to a point where I was like, either I have to quit or something has to change. And the second I got my CRM set up, it was just a completely new world. And now it's like when I teach in my program as well, it's like, Let's get your system set up first. And then we focus on getting more clients in the door. Because if not, 
you're just going to completely overwhelm yourself and it's just going to be so stressful. And I also liked what you said about systems, because if you don't have that in place, if you don't have everything you need, your processes down, it's just going to take you so much longer. And when you mentioned that you should just start with one kind of client first or one client first and then build from there. If you don't, I think if you're starting out trying to do all the different things, which I know a lot of people think that they have to, it's going to end up being more of a mediocre product or a mediocre service than if you just get really good at one thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm all about the process because like you think about it, you've been to a restaurant or something where you have a terrible experience. The wait is super long. The food's terrible, whatever. You will tell your friends, do not go there. And you will follow that. So like, oh, they didn't like that restaurant. I'm not going to go. I'll go somewhere else instead. So you want to have that amazing process and like easy to onboard them where everyone's like on the same page. Like I have a lot of client calls. I have a Calendly link. They send that. They set it up. I go through my processes over the phone. Everything's written out for them afterwards. And it's so much easier for them and for me because especially with weddings, they have a million things they're working on at once. Like they don't want to have to go do back and forth email with me for six weeks with me asking a million questions or they don't know what's going on. They don't know when things will be in by. So I think like having a good system in place makes them happier, which makes you happier. And you can also book more clients because you're not wasting so much time scrolling back through your email, trying to figure it out, or you can refer back. to like, I like having, I used Upsado for my CRM where I can see exactly what they purchased. And I put the sizing in there and the cost and they know up front what the price is. It's not a surprise. They signed the contract. I paid extra. It was like $65 to have a pre-made template where if they click the link, then the proposal's on the first page. They can click whatever package they want. Then the contract's in the next little tab. And then it populates invoice 50% up front, 50% going to print. So easy. One email versus a million different ones. And... It just makes you look so much more professional and like what you know what you're doing because you are a professional and you do know what you're doing. But the way that someone perceives you, even if it's not true, means a lot. So you want to come off as like being as organized as humanly possible. Yeah, definitely. The thing with slow growth and having to wait a while before you see enough money coming in, that can be really hard. And it's probably the reason why a lot of people are like, I just have to do as many different things as possible and I need to get tons of clients and I want to go viral or whatever it is people are thinking. How can you deal with that feeling of impatience or really being scared when you're not seeing enough money? I think it's definitely important not to jump in too quickly. So if you have a full-time job and you're doing this as a side hustle, definitely wait a little bit longer just so that way you feel comfortable and you know what you're doing. You have some good reviews and all of that. And you don't have to completely match it yet because I know that with time, you can have a lot more clients if you're, you're full-time. But I think it's still important to wait a little bit so that way you feel comfortable in your own skills and things are lined up versus I know some people where they quit too early and they will take any job that comes their way. And there's nothing worse than working with a client and you sign them and you know it's going to be miserable because you did it for the money versus like you're a good fit. And that going to be a 100% perfect fit like your best friend but everyone has had a job where that client, it dragged on forever because you literally just wanted that money and you didn't actually like align at all. So I've been there, done that. And those clients are truly the worst. And I can say like, as I've increased my prices, I found that I work with much better clients where they trust me. They're not micromanaging me. They're like, we paid you because we love your work. 
you have a portfolio that I can look at, my Instagram website, all of that. And I think that makes a huge difference. So even though it does stink, if you can like supplement your income with something else just as long as you can, then I think it'll be more comfortable, even though it does take a little bit, a little while. Yeah, I think so too, definitely. And you have that feeling of, you know, you said yes, because you felt like you had to, and then you're ending up spending, especially if you're, for example, a wedding photographer and you're working with someone maybe for a year or maybe two, and then, you know, the day gets closer and closer, and then you're just stuck with these people that you don't really like and that are hustling you and maybe you've undercharged and it's just like a big nightmare. So do you have any tips for avoiding taking on things that you know is not a right fit? Just like stay true to who you are and do what you most want to. Yeah, I feel like everyone knows like within like five minutes of meeting someone if you're going to vibe or not. I think by me having phone calls with clients, that has definitely helped a lot where I can kind of feel better about what they're looking for. I also ask what their vibe of their wedding is. So for me, like I'm a watercolor artist. People primarily get pay me to paint their different items versus like typography. So if someone comes in with like something completely different than my own style, I'm like, hey, I'm so sorry. Here's a really good person I think would fit your aesthetic better. So I refer out my friends all the time because there is someone who would work well with them and it's a better fit. They'll be happier. I'll be happier. Everyone is happier if you don't. So I think that now that I am more comfortable and confident in myself, I'm able to see that from the very beginning and say, hey, I don't think we're a good fit. However, here's an awesome person or resource that I recommend instead. Yeah, that's a brilliant idea. But I think it's kind of hard sometimes to find that when should you just say yes, even though it's not a perfect fit? And when do you definitely say no, because this is never going to work out, especially if you need the money and you're kind of feeling that? Is there, I don't know, something else you can do to kind of just avoid being desperate, I guess? Is it a mindset thing, you think? Or... Yeah, I mean, I think my mindset's definitely changed a lot where in the very beginning, I did take every job. Like, if you want to pay me, I will draw whatever you want. <laughs> and I mean, I had some people where I charged $35 for an original pet portrait, 8 by 10 $35. And I had people tell me that was too expensive. $250 now and no one bats an eye. Because I'm more confident in myself and I'm able to sell myself saying, you get an original piece of art, we can put that on your invitations, your napkins envelopes, like anything like that. And people can feel your energy or feel like, I mean, I guess if you want to pay me, you can. Here's I'm like, no, this is the cost. The invoice is sent to you this way. Let me know if you want to work with me. And people understand that. But I do get in the very beginning, it's hard to say no to things. And sometimes you do say yes, and you learn, I will never do that again. Like that is a one and done. I think if you don't try new things, then you get really stuck in your business. There are certain things that I pushed off for so long because I was afraid of them not being good enough. And now they're my best sellers because I finally was like, okay, this is like the eighth person who asked for this. Let me just try it. And if I don't like it, I won't post on Instagram. Because normally once you post one thing, you get clients seeing it and loving it and doing that. So sometimes you just will do it and it's a test and you get through that day or that project, whatever it is. And then you have to move on and just never do that again. So it's all a learning process and... It kind of makes things fun when you try new stuff. Yeah, no, I agree. And I thought it was kind of funny when you said that thing about being confident and that makes you put off a certain vibe because I can just really recognize how I was in the beginning as well, where it's like someone wants to pay me to photograph their wedding and that just feels amazing. And you just feel like you have to say yes, because what an amazing opportunity. And you don't really distinguish between kind of 
the right clients and the wrong clients, everything's just like, wow, this is amazing. And then after you do it, it's like, oh, I guess this wasn't the right fit. I should have said no. But you learned so much though. Absolutely. And like, again, if you do stuff for your portfolio and you have it in there, great. You can show that from now on and then figure things out. But other things, you don't have to post it. You don't have to share it with anyone else and be like, this was a learning curve. I will not do this elopement again or this location or whatever it ends up being. But I think if you have another source of income, that definitely helps alleviate. You feel okay with saying no to things because you're not in that desperate, like, I need to book anyone who has like a heartbeat at this point. So I think having that, or like if you are able to sell products or sell presets or mock-ups, whatever it is, like have that in your back pocket for when things are a little bit slower in different seasons. Because actually, if you're depending on where you live, for weddings, like outdoor weddings, like you're not going to have a lot in certain areas and they're not as popular in different seasons. So you got to make things work. Yeah. Yeah, you do. And even if you sometimes say yes to things you don't want to do, as you say, you are in control of what you add to your portfolio or you show on Instagram and you will get more of what you show. And if you never show something, then no one needs to know that you did it. So you can have income that you just never talk about. Exactly. And I have that, like I do logos and like, they're not my favorite to design. But they're easy for me to do. So I don't post them on Instagram, but people will come up to me and be like, hey, can you do this? And if I like, if I've worked with them before or anything like that, I'll do the logo design because it's easy for me. I can get done in two hours and that pays for something like a new product or whatever. But I'll never post on Instagram because I don't love doing them. That makes sense. Your website can and should work for you to give you inquiries literally while you do other things. But a beautiful site just isn't enough. Right now, there are two available slots for website done for you. So if you want to have a new website by the end of the summer, you should get in touch right away. If someone is listening to this and they're like, oh, there's a different way of doing business. I don't have to rush and say yes to everything. Is there some practical tips or steps that you can share that a photographer might be able to do to implement slow growth in their business? Yeah. I mean, I think setting up your schedule and knowing how many projects you have in one weekend so you can like space things out. And again, if you have to say no, you can refer to someone instead. But I think if you start with one client or if you have a couple that you know, they don't even be, they could just be dating. They don't even be engaged. Like, Hey, if I do these free photos for you, will you share on your social media account or do something like that? So I think like slow growth with just finding clients and slowly trying new things with them say you want to try boudoir, you could say, hey, here's a giveaway I'm doing. I'm trying a boudoir photo shoot. Enter to win and you'll get a free photos, stuff like that. So I think trying new things slowly and adding different items that you want to add different types of photography or events, whatever it is, I think that's the key. And there's ways to use your current audience to expand new things to get them excited for stuff. So if you do that giveaway where you need models or if you want to work with another photographer and do a styled shoot with a lot of invitations for styled shoots where you can kind of create your dream wedding to attract other people of that aesthetic. Yeah. How can you trust that it's going to work and not just get really desperate and think like, it's never going to work. I need to either lower my prices to get booked or just start saying yes to things that you really don't want to do because you feel like you have to. I mean, I think in the beginning, everyone kind of does what they have to just to start and get a feel for what they do and don't like. I think it's important to really try different things. And if it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. It's okay. You have to try different things. But by you're not going to know if it's going to be perfect. 
or exact, you're going to figure things out. I change things in my business all the time. And it's, I started in 2018. So I think if you do the exact same thing, then you're going to get really bored after a while. So you have to trust in yourself, know that you are super talented and creative and you'll figure things out as you go along. But if you don't try something new, you're just going to be stagnant. So just trusting. And I think doing like the little style shoots where it's not a full wedding gets you more confident in yourself. And also just working on your mindset because if you don't believe in yourself, no one else will. So you really have to just be like, I am good at this. I am worthy of getting paid whatever your price is. And if you, I increase my prices every year. So I'm more confident because it's not a huge jump. I'm not going from $400 to $10,000. It's like 400 to 1,000 to 2,000, stuff like that, where it's small changes and I'm confident where it's just a little bit more than I'm comfortable with saying. So you're slightly uncomfortable versus being like, who the heck is going to pay $50,000 for these photos for your Christmas card? You know, so if you do that slowly, raise your pricing, get more comfortable. You have the photos to back it up. You have the client reviews to back it up. Your website's solid. Your system's in place. You will attract the clients that you're looking for. People exist out there. Like I know I am not my dream client with stationery. Like I don't want to have a crazy wedding. I would just elope. But that doesn't mean that I don't have clients every day who are willing to pay $4,000 for stationery. Because they do. They do exist. You don't have to be your ideal customer. Yeah, you definitely don't. I've felt that way many times where it's like, yeah, I am not my client and that's okay because I understand who they are. And that's all that matters really. Yeah. There's someone for every price point where if you think about like even clothing, some people think that Target's too much, but other people will buy Hermes and think nothing of it. So there's a different category for every single person. Some people don't want to spend a lot on stationery and that's really fine. Like you can go to Minted. I love that for you. That's awesome. Maybe they want to spend more on DJ or floral or photography. I have other clients who are like, like my parents still have their invitations and they got married 33 years ago. So like certain things are important to different people. And once you find your people, you will attract more like them. And also a lot of times they have friends who are in the exact same position and they'll tell their friends about you. So I think once you get started and have the confidence in yourself, you really will be unstoppable. But it all starts with your mindset because if you don't think you're going to find anyone, you're not. So you have to work from the inside out. What if you're really, really stuck? Because I sometimes talk with photographers who are like just so stuck in their head thinking that it's never going to work. I'm never going to make enough money. No one's ever going to pay for this. (laughs) How can you get out of that? I mean, it's really tough. I think I listen to a lot of podcasts and audiobooks to kind of get me out of a funk. I think also you can make it fun for yourself by working with finding other photographers in your area where say you get two models for the day and you get five or six photographers and you can feed off of each other's energy. I think that's really fun where you can just like do something totally crazy out of the norm just to get those creative juices going because sometimes you can get your in your own head because you're doing the same thing every single day. But there's a lot of like different coaches you can work with who can help with your mindset. Styled shoots again, like sometimes you have to do free things just to get your name out there and work with different people. But it's also who you know too. So that's been a huge thing in my business where if I find a really good planner and I work with one, she refers me to all of her clients. But you can also, if you feel a little bit stuck and you want to get into the wedding industry, reach out to local venues, see if they're having an open house where you can meet with them. And I've had photographers where I bring them to my open houses for that I have my stationery and they do free photos for the venue and the venue posts about them and tags them on their socials. So again, it's a free event, but you can meet so many couples and even the venue themselves are huge because I work with one where I'm a preferred vendor and I get so many of my clients from them. So 
putting yourself out there, making those connections, planners are like, you will, will be your best friend because they are one of the first people that get booked. And the couples always ask, well, who do you recommend for this? So I think putting yourself out there, which is really tough. But once you get out of your comfort zone, I think you'll be able to book a lot more too. Because if a person has a wedding planner and a really nice venue, they normally have a pretty big budget. Yeah, I agree. And I think getting to know people in person or meeting people, that is such a good way to do business, no matter what you do, really. Because it's like, I don't know, you can talk about things on Instagram all day long, but when someone sees your energy, they'll remember you more as well. I think when something comes up and they're like, oh, I remember I met this person and they would be perfect for this occasion. Exactly. So if you can, like, if you feel like you need more business, I would reach out to other people in your area. I really think that that's been huge for me is just making connections because even if it doesn't work out in the first week or month, whatever, I've had people eight months later reach out and be like, hey, I've had these clients for you. Finally, I found the perfect person. So it's definitely, like I said, it's a long game. It's not instant results, instant gratification. But once you make that one connection, that could change your entire business. So I know it's like really tough because you get... Like I work full-time. I work at home by myself. And sometimes I get in my head where I look at everyone on social media who's posting things constantly. But then I just like, I put my phone on like, not airplane mode, but like work mode. I turn off. I will unfollow people or mute people on Instagram if they make me feel unworthy or not good enough. Because the comparison game will kill you. And you just get stuck in your own head and you can be your own worst enemy. But if you like kind of silence all of the background noise, you can realize you are enough as you are. You will find the perfect client for you, whatever your ideal client is. And it'll all work out. And if it doesn't work out, at least you tried because when I was debating about going full-time or not, I'm like, if I was 80 years old, 85 years old, what would be my biggest regret? And it'd be not trying. So I'd rather fail after trying than not be so afraid and terrified. And it doesn't work out because you'll make it work. If you really have to, you will put yourself out there. You will hustle and make it work. And I'm the happiest I've been because I'm working for myself. And I work more hours than I've ever worked in my entire life. Do not get me wrong. I work like seven days a week. But it's so worth it to me because I'm so much happier. Me and those people and my clients are like the most incredible people ever. And I love them so much. I know they invite me to their weddings as guests now. We become like good friends. Like I work with 20 out of 10 for my clients. They're amazing. But it wasn't always like that. You have to get through the clients that don't work as well. In order to find your confidence, figure out what works, what doesn't, hone your skills. I'm way better now than I was when I started five years ago. So it's all about growth. Slow growth. Slow growth. Because if I had this many clients, I range around like 30 custom clients at one time. There's no way I could have ever managed that without crying every day when I first started. Now I'm like, oh, it's fine. Like I can book more. It's not a big deal because I have my systems in place. I I'm confident in my design skills. I know I'm much faster. I'm way faster now painting and drawing and designing than I was day one. So you really hone in your skills and you figure it out. But the slow growth definitely has helped me a lot. Are there any negative things about slow growth? Sometimes I wish I could snap my fingers and be like, I have a team of eight or 10 employees. Like it'd be fine. But I know like if I take a step back and be like, well, I've come this far in a few years. I can only imagine in the next five years, like where my business will take me. So I think you can definitely get in your head where you see these incredible people get on Instagram and TikTok and anything else, Pinterest. And you're like, wow, how'd they get that celebrity wedding? 
And it's like, they also started exactly where you started, but they didn't give up. They put themselves out there, which is huge. I think that's number one is they say your network is your net worth. And I 100% agree. I get referrals constantly from people that I've met at different trade shows and shows that I do and venues, anything like that. So just take a deep breath and be like, I am enough as I am right now. And I'm going to continue to grow and make mistakes and have like the best time ever. But entrepreneurship is definitely a roller coaster and it's not linear. You're going up and down. It could be like up and down in a day. Like you have like the best, the worst morning and then the best afternoon. And I've made some like killer mistakes where I'm like, oh, like I've, I shipped a box of invitations to the wrong address. And my client had to drive in Philly to a stranger's house and knock on their door. And they got them. And she booked me for other stuff afterwards. And she posts me all the time and has referred me since. So like you can make a terrible mistake. And it's funny now, I'm like, I was mortified, so embarrassed. I don't know how I typed in the wrong thing. That was 100% my fault. But I was equipped to handle what would happen because I've done other things. And I'll never make that mistake ever again. So there's been a lot of stuff where I'm like, well, that won't happen again. And I think it's good to make those mistakes on a smaller level than this bigger level where it costs way more money to fix. So I learned a lot of mistakes in the beginning. And that's why I think slow growth is important because having to reprint 50 invitations because I misspelled something is way better than an entire suite with deckled edges and foil and letterpress. Like I made the mistake once, I'll never make it again. But I made it on a $200 order versus a $5,000 order. Yeah. But actually that was before I had my CRM. So that way everything is now signed off on and approved and everyone's on the same page. So because of that mistake, that's how I got the CRM. And now I never made that again. So it really is just like learning from your mistakes and learning to laugh at it because in the end, most things can be fixed. It's truly not the end of the world, especially for my stuff. I just reprint. Yeah, I lose money on it and it sucks and I don't want to be spending that, but you can fix it. Take a deep breath. Call one of your friends. Like if you're, I'm in a lot of stationary groups. So the moral support is like always very important. For coaching, like that helps too. And like at the end, you'll laugh at it. That was like two years ago. I'm like, oh my God, I literally mailed the box of finished invitations to the wrong address. But it's cool now. (laughs) So you figure things out and everything is fixable. Yeah. And I also think it's important to remember that everyone starts out somewhere. And for example, it does cost money to start a business. It is going to take you a little time. You are going to make mistakes. So just getting comfortable with that and realizing that everyone goes through the same stuff and there's no way you can skip all that. It just won't work. And if you try, like you said, if you try to book too much at once, then you're going to have even bigger problems. So yeah, that's probably the biggest benefit of growing slowly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you can start like, I hired a virtual assistant, so I have her to help me with things. So you slowly figure things out and have them help and you can hire on help so that we can really expand because you really can't do everything on your own. I outsource my finance stuff, my bookkeeping, my blog posts, all those different things. I've learned to outsource and focus on things that I'm really good at, which helps me grow as well. So finally, Sarah, what advice would you give photographers who are wanting to start growing slowly, but they're a little bit hesitant? So I think... First, figuring out what your style is and really start growing that, whether again, you do like the free shoots or find couples who are engaged or do friends, anything like that. Start there. Slowly start adding your 
client list, ask for reviews, ask them to post on your Instagram, really start networking with other photographers and also people in the area. Venues are always looking for photographers. And same with wedding planners, who can they add to your preferred vendors list? So slowly start doing it that way. Get your systems in place, a CRM, your contracts, invoicing, get all your pricing set up. So that way it's so easy to send proposals to and everything's very cohesive. You want all of your pricing to be standard. So that way you don't like charge different people, different things. Everything is, this is your package for this many hours, everything like that. And know that it's not going to be easy 100% of the time, but it's going to be the best experience you can possibly have as you grow and hopefully add to your team and figure out what works and what doesn't work. Yeah, absolutely. And when it comes to building a sustainable business, what would you recommend for that? I think figuring out your dream, like where you want to end up. Like, do you want to have it be just a side hustle? Because that's awesome if you do. If you want to have something to pay for vacations and 100%, that's amazing. If you want to have a, just be by yourself and you book a wedding once a month, great. Or if you want to have a whole team. So I think figuring out your end goal and breaking it down into chunks and figuring out how you're going to get there. Because everyone has a different idea of success and what they're looking for. I have friends who they want to have a multi-million dollar business and other ones are like, I just want to pay for like my kid's baseball. And both are completely amazing and perfect as they are. So I think figuring out what you want in your end goal, break it down, be like, how am I going to get there? Who do I need to hire coach-wise, extra help, second shooters, anything like that in order to get to where you want to be? I love that because it's really important to remember that when you're comparing yourself to others, they might have a completely different goal than you do. So yeah, that's a really important reminder. Exactly. And also you have to remember Instagram is 2% of your life. I don't post my mistakes all the time. Like if I make one or printing errors or anything like that, I just post the pretty final photos that my photographer sent me. So realize that like everyone's thinking the exact same thoughts as you, wondering how it's going to all work out. But you put on a brave face because you don't want to like be insanely vulnerable to people. So just know that you are not alone. I think having a biz bestie is huge. So I have my friend Alicia Printed Water. She's amazing. We text all the time. We've met in real life, even though she lives in South Carolina. So to have someone who understands your problems and can cheer you on and be like genuinely happy for you is amazing because even though like my friends are amazing and I love them so much, they don't understand if I'm like, oh, this just happened. They have off white paper and it should have been bright white. Like, what's the difference? Like, why is white paper? I'm like, no, like it means a lot. So like having someone who's in your field who can like really support you and isn't jealous of you, they're like, they're genuinely happy for your success will help bring you up too, because we bounce ideas off of each other literally every day we talk, where it's like, which printer do you use for this? It could be like, which camera setting do you use? I have this client with this problem, what would you do? So having someone to help like talk things out is also like monumental and makes you realize you really are not alone. Yeah, that's huge, really. Sarah, thank you so much for having this talk. It's been so inspiring and I think it's really important for people to hear that it's possible and it's a good thing if things aren't taking off and you're taking your time and you're figuring things out as you go. So where can they go to get to know you better, to learn more from you? Yeah, so I post most on Instagram. It's Slate and Brush. And then my website is slateandbrush.com. But pretty much if you just Google anything Slate and Brush, I'll pop up for all kinds of stuff. So please feel free to say hi. And I love making connections in the community. And if anyone lives in Maryland, that's where I'm located. And I'm always down. I get hot chai. I call her my unpaid intern, but it's my mom. My mom and I normally, she helps me out with a lot of stuff too. So always down for a hot chai. 
Perfect. I'll be sure to link to all the stuff in the show notes. And thank you. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you. Bye. You just listened to an episode of Sustainable Photography. Please share this episode with a photographer you care about.